Did you see on my Instagram I got Chromatica Oreos? I did, and I yeah. immediately oh, yeah, I texted, texted um, Jesus about it, and he goes, oh no, Dylan texted me at 7 o'clock this morning about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And I thought it that was, was really psychotic. funny. So I, but also my question is, did you get those Oreos at like 6 o'clock in the morning? So I, um, well, I, I work on campus at UT and I was like, I want an iced tea today. And so like I pulled over on my way to work and went to the 7-Eleven, got an iced tea and I like looked over and it was just, they were there you know, <laughs> just looking at me. Wow. I'm kind of surprised. I, was, like, I, I, I wanted to get all of them like a, like a, you know, like a horde, like I was a dragon. This is my gold. But, uh, I, I wanted to save some for the little monsters. Oh, you know, on, on that's the so drag. sweet of you. And, you're just like throwing them. You see like any gays in the streets. You're like, here's a chromatic Oreo for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, That'll make their day. It's like my name isn't Alice, but at least I have chromatic Oreos. <laughs> it was just funny because it was like sold out like on like Oltorf, but they're not sold out on campus. I'm like, you'd think that like all the little UT gays would have just like make that shit sell out it's immediately. Insane. Everything on the packaging is really funny though. It's like, so it says Lady Gaga Chromatica. Lady Gaga X Oreo. Um, on the side, it says scan to unlock a fun experience and does not expand upon that. And it has a little QR code. Um, and then it says a cookie inspired by, uh, by Lady Gaga. And then all the Chromatica symbols. And then it says in Chromatica, no one thing is greater than another. Thank you. Did you scan the um, QR code? And I haven't yet. I'm very afraid. I do want a fun experience, so I don't know how fun it's. I don't want to go to Chromatica, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It just like ends up being like a portal to like take you to Chromatica. Yeah. And you're like basically <laughs> I, die if you right die in Chromatica, there. you die in real. Yeah. 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 Uh, then it's pink colored golden cookie with green cream, which sounds horrifying. So you have not tried um, one yet. I have not tried one yet. I'm ex- I'm going to get some milk tomorrow on the way back from work so I can dunk it. So you have the full e- experience. The full Gotta Chromatica have experience, Oreo yeah. experience. Chromatica Oreos. And then oh, as I it's melting it. in your mouth, you'll scan the QR code and just blast off into Chromatica. <laughs> Actually, this is what this is the beginning of the new Hellraiser. Is <laughs> scanning the code on the Chromatica Oreos. I love it. It does sound like something that would happen in like a modern, like, uh, retelling of an old horror movie. They're like, this is set in the now. There's QR codes. The QR code is the connection to the monster. <laughs> we don't have weapons in this movie. We have QR codes. <laughs> and then when you use oh, the QR God. code, like all of a sudden, like you've got like a virus on your phone and it's like oh, no. pinhead or whatever. <laughs> unfriended, unfriended three colon chromatic Oreos. The now came talk. Talk. Hi everyone! Hello, hi. Hello, hello. We're here, episode one, episode one of our show, Kirk. Oh Yay. my god! We're Yay. Doing it. This is a brand new podcast, never been heard from before. Podcast called Straight People Movies. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a podcast where every week, two gays are gonna explore a straight person movie, and we're gonna ask why. Why? And uh, my, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, uh, Dylan Garcia, and I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And I guess the question that maybe a lot of people will have is, like, what makes a movie a straight person movie? You know, that's what we're going to find out here. And that's what we're going to find out. It's one of those things where it's like pornography, where it's like, you know, when you see it, 
Exactly. Uh, it's we can tell you what isn't a straight person movie. We can tell you exactly what not a straight person movie is, but I feel like with straight person movies, they don't know. Like, straight people don't know that they're mm-hmm. watching a straight person movie, but we know yeah. when we're watching a straight person exactly. movie. And we're going to figure out what yeah, that means. Yeah, it's like, we're doing a service. We love straight people so much. Our parents are straight-ish. <laughs> um, and I think the service that we're providing with this is, you know, there's so many listicles on the internet of, like, top 20 LGBT movies, you know, top 30 gay movies of the 90s, stuff like that. But you never see top 100 straight people movies. Right, we're just and trying to be inclusive here. here. They we're, deserve yeah, we're here. We're inclusive. Too. Someone think about the straights. Yeah, and we're doing that. We're doing a We're service. thinking about the straights, finally. <laughs> In 2021. 2021, we're here. It's not problematic. It's not problematic uh, at all. A little bit Straight about like my background of why, why you know, I'm, we're talking. Uh, you know, I'm a comedian in the before time. I mean, I guess I still am. I do shows. Uh, and then also kind of, an, uh, I was a television critic for a while and did some film writing as well. And I still love it. I never, I stopped writing about TV and movies, but I never stopped loving them. Yeah. And my background uh, is, well, I went to film school. I'm like the film school kid, I guess, of my outer friend group and the people I know. I majored at UT in RTF and definitely concentrated in media studies and all that fun stuff. So I definitely come... Uh, into movies with a background of, like, kind of academic. But, like, you know, I mean, the kinds of stuff I'd be, like, writing about in film school was, like, you know, Japanese horror movies and stuff like that. I know how to make it fun and not weird. Um, And, yeah, and I am, you know, uh, a filmmaker, too. Although it's something I kind of just do on and off. I've made a couple music videos, things like that. Well, Kirk, what is our first movie? We had to start somewhere. We had to start with the straight. We couldn't go. We have a I ha, we have a huge list in our Google Drive mm-hmm. of straight people movies already to do. And when thinking about one to start off, we had to go with the straightest movie possible. And I mean, if you click the episode, you know what movie it is. But what movie are we doing today, Kirk? Oh, baby, we're doing Drive, the Drive. 2011 film by Nicholas Winding Refn, which I'm sure I am saying completely wrong. <laughs> um, and I, I just realized this right before we recorded this, and I, you know, I rewatched the movie earlier, um, and it's like the 10 year anniversary almost of the movie, so it's kind of oh, like look at that. also perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah, it is 2021. Well. Look at that. Oh God. Right. So it's like, oh well, it's like time to reevaluate freaking Drive, I guess. Right. And we're yeah, we're, why not? You, you're you're gonna hear it here first, baby. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but we're going to do Drive. I think that when I think of at least modern straight people movies, this one definitely comes to mind oh, pretty quick. number one. Oh, yeah. I don't know any gay people that like this movie. The only I don't know like this... one gay person that likes this movie. I don't know a bisexual person that likes I mean, this movie. This that's is how you know straight... it's a true straight person movie is if you <laughs> ask a bisexual. <laughs> it's like a straight person movie through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that for me, it, it's a perfect choice because when it came out, I feel like it was like the talk of the town. Yep. It is what everybody was watching. Even people that weren't necessarily like super into movies, I feel like watched drive. Oh yeah. Um, and it kind of became a weird like phenomenon, um, oh, yeah. that has mostly kind of been forgotten, I guess by now, but at the time it was huge. Oh yeah. I feel like it came at this right exact moment of like, the internet being less of like a weird niche thing and more of like a, this is like whenever Reddit started popping off and like Mm -hmm. that was a big, big 
pun intended correctly, but driving force behind this movie is like the popularity of Reddit. Also, this is kind of around the same time as like we say that uh, trends are twenty years cyclical. What it's like actually trends are thirty years cyclical because that's whenever the people who were who were, grew up in an era become into turn into power. And so this is 2011, baby. This is right when the 80s are popping and off. Totally. And, and- oh, yeah. Oh, and then finally, like, it's this thing where it's, like, I think film became easier to talk about and easier to see because this is right at the beginning of Netflix Instant Watch, way back when it was called, before it just oh became my Netflix. God. <laughs> and so I, like, you have all of that. these. I know. I, if you ever, like, <laughs> sometimes I, like, look at my, like, um, what is it called? Like memories on Facebook or whatever. And it's like watching Veronica Mars on Netflix instant watch. Oh my gosh. Uh, and <laughs> that was, yeah, 2010, 2011. Cause house of cards, I think is 2011. And that was the beginning of the end for literally everything. That's a really good point. And you know, I didn't even consider that, but drive really is at kind of the start of a new era of film mm-hmm. watching. Like you said, it's the beginning of streaming but you know not to the level we're at now with it but it's yeah. where we start seeing it but yeah i, I guess we can go into uh drive Let's go the film drive. and its background um i'm assuming that most people that are listening to this podcast have seen the film if not you know here's a little rundown uh it was directed by nicholas winning ruffin like i mentioned earlier he's a danish filmmaker um, and, you know, I actually thought that this was maybe one of his first films, but it is actually not. No. If you look up Mr. Reffin here, he's actually been making movies since the 90s. And this is like his, geez, like 10th film or something, ninth film. Yeah, um, I think my introduction to him was Bronson. Yeah. And, you know, I watched this. Bronson, I think, right after I saw Drive because one of my other friends was like, oh, if you... you like, Drive was cool or whatever, but Bronson, you know, yeah. Bronson's the one. And that movie's even more straight people movie than Drive, yeah. actually. <laughs> that, might be um, a, that might be a Patreon exclusive when we talk about Bronson. Yeah, and it's like, it's an insane movie with Tom Hardy, uh, you know, just eating, <sighs> chewing, just chewing some mm-hmm. scenery. I think there's some boxing in it. It's crime. Yep. I, don't, I don't really remember. He got that movie. mustache. He it's... had a mustache. That's the main takeaway, I think, from Bronson. <laughs> but anyway... So Nicholas Winning Refn, uh, I guess pretty successful independent art house filmmaker, um, somehow gets onto this project. Um, actually, Ryan Gosling is the reason why he got the role of director oh, in the yeah. first place. Um, that's the kind of power I guess Ryan Gosling had mm-hmm. uh, when they were in pre-production for Drive. He was able to hire the director, hire the production designer, all sorts of stuff. Um, and then I guess let's go into the cast then, because yeah, stars Ryan Gosling um, as the driver. Um, unnamed, very cool, very mysterious. Um, Also has Carrie Mulligan in it, who had just gotten off a uh, nomination for an Academy Award for In Education just a couple years prior. God, Education's so good. I know. I I haven't seen the movie since I saw it in high school, but like, God, I'm so glad I saw it at that time because it was the perfect age to see that movie. Correct, yes. Because I was like, I was also getting my education. (laughs) And uh, she plays the, you know, female lead in, in Drive, the, the romantic interest um, also in Drive. We've got a very interesting uh, cast here. We've got Brian Cranston um, at the height of his Breaking Bad fame. Yep. Um, we've got Christina Hendricks at the height of her Mad Men fame. In a, yeah, if you were on an AMC show that no one was watching but critics liked, you were in Drive. <laughs> you were in Drive. And in, 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 if anyone's seen, I mean, I'm assuming 
most of y'all have seen Drive. Uh, she's also in Drive for like five minutes. Yep, um, she has exactly two scenes. <laughs> she has like literally three lines in the whole movie. Um, and then also to round out this uh, very interesting cast, we've got Ron Perlman, um, who, <laughs> you know, plays a gangster, you know? Yeah. The I kind of role you would expect. <laughs> yeah, he's like unhinged in this. Yes. Um, it's very fun. And then uh, Albert Brooks playing awesome. against type um, completely and utterly uh, as like a bo- mafia boss leader question mark? Look, He's we like, don't know the plot of this movie. <laughs> we Yeah, you're about to find we out. We both just watched this movie. Know what this movie is about. I literally just rewatched this movie and I texted my straight friend who loves this movie, like, what is the plot to this movie? Because I do <laughs> not know. I don't know what's happening. I was paying attention, I think, but... Yeah, what did I What did I say the plot was? was uh, oh my god, it was good. He is... Let's let's pull that up right here. Yeah, yeah we're just oh, gonna he's pull hot that. and does crimes and the Jewish mafia? Exactly. And the Jewish mafia question mark. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> I'm not really, like... At the beginning of the... Wait, we'll get into the plot later. We'll get into we'll the, get plot the plot later. But to round out... To fully round out the cast, I you can't go without mentioning Mr. Oscar Isaac is in this film. Mwah. Mwah. <sighs> so he can hot. kiss me. And, uh... and he's also very hot in this movie. I mean, Ryan Gosling <sighs> and Oscar Isaac are both very hot in this movie. Oh, yeah. I will say that. Yes. Um, Everyone in this movie can kiss me. Um, ex- I mean, Ron Perlman and Albert Brooks can watch, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's about it. They can watch and then yell at you. You know, yeah. there's a lot of yelling. They do a lot of yelling in this movie. Um, <laughs> they can yell at me to go get fortune cookies and chopsticks. <laughs> that scene is so good. <laughs> that scene is really good. I, I yeah, want to say, but anyway, so that's that's the cast of the movie. Um, and then some other background on the the actual film itself. It was uh, written by Hossein Amini, um, based on a novel. A 2005 novel by James Salas. I had no idea that this was based on a book. Apparently, could you imagine how boring that book must be? <laughs> yeah, well, like apparently this... the book is like told in like a non-linear fashion, and it's like a series of like flashbacks, and it's all very vibey, much like the movie kind of turns out to be. Yeah, uh, not not linear, can... but vibey. You can also like understand Oscar Isaac's character name in a book because like you if you just read that someone's name is Standard, you're like, oh okay, sure. But if you hear that someone's name is Standard, you're like, am I going crazy? Did they just say this man's name is Standard? I know. In, in, in that whole sequence where like Carrie Mulligan, like they're like telling the story of like how they met or whatever. Yeah. And Carrie Mulligan is like, oh, like where's the deluxe version? <laughs> It's like they named him Standard just because they thought of that joke, but it's like it doesn't make sense that any human no. being's name would be Standard. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I don't know if it's like that in the book. Um, you know what? I'm going to click on that. <laughs> Wikipedia right now. Nope. Uh, it just says, just standard. set mostly in Arizona and Los Angeles. Drive is about a man who does stunt driving for movies by day and drives for criminals at night. And that's actually... Other than the Arizona part, the plot of Drive. That's a lot of movie. That's about that's it. Good. And that's, that's how I wanted to, to end the, uh, the plot description or the just description of the background of the film itself. Uh, it is just about a dude who does stunts for movies during the day. And then at night he like helps criminals get away from robberies. Okay, the scene in the beginning where he's on the film set and he's putting on the rubber head over his regular head is so funny to me. And I'm pretty sure it's shot supposed to be like... You know, he's looking in the mirror, putting on this fake rubber head. Like, who is he? Is he hiding behind a mask? But it just looks so silly. 
Uh, no, totally. I completely agree with you. And then it makes it even more silly because later in the film, he puts that same mask <laughs> on again to get in a car to get sorry, to get in a car so like no one can see him no one can see no. what he looks like to ram his car into ron perlman's car and to push it off of a cliff by the beach and then i'm pretty sure and maybe i'm forgetting but i'm pretty sure he takes the mask off anyway yeah when he like <laughs> confronts ron perlman when he's trying to get away and i'm like so what was the point of having this mask on just because it's vibey i guess he just likes the mask know. what's the what's the matter with having a mask because it's like, he just looks really, really creepy with it on. And I so guess are. that's what they were trying to milk. I mean, how did you like it? Well, you know, <laughs> I've always been, I, you know, and I'm a very opinionated guy, okay? Yeah. And I've always been kind of like, fuck drive, drive sucks, yada, 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 yada. Mostly just because, like, a lot of things in the movie world, when something gets really overhyped. Yeah. Uh, like Drive was, it's like my instinct is to either love it like everyone else or I'm going to absolutely hate it. There's, like, mm. no in between. Um yes. But, you know, it's been 10 years. Whatever. Um, definitely willing to give it a second chance. I tried to go into it open-minded. I don't know how well I did that. Um, didn't love it. Didn't love it. I think, for me, it's like a solid, like, two and a half out yeah. of five. What about, yeah. what about for you? Yeah, same. I mean, I watched it last year. Um, for my old pod, Every Actor Ever, we did an episode on Ryan Gosling. And when we were dipping up the, the movies to watch, I was like, I'll watch Drive. Let's go. That was a podcast that I did. There's only six episodes, but if you want to hear me fully manic, uh, listen to that episode, listen to that podcast, because the conceit was that we watched like 70 movies in a week. We watched an entire film or actor's filmography uh, and then talked about it. It was psychotic and deranged. It was a, it was a really fun podcast, though. It was very so fun, but people should I, definitely it check was, it out. You could not hold it up. You couldn't keep doing Oh, yeah. This. No, you'd have to like do an episode like once every like two months or something to be yeah. able to like, realistically <laughs> do that. Yeah, that's what we hear at Straight People Movies only watch one movie a week. <laughs> we choose one movie, and we're going to talk about that movie uh, before it's we're, we're at death. By the end of this, we're not only going to know whether this movie is the ultimate straight person movie or if it's a little gay or whatever, we're going to like understand this movie from the beginning to the end, oh, forwards, yeah. backwards. Like I'm never going to probably watch Drive again. Never again. Gonna... Oh yeah, no, this is this is the very last time I'm ever watching it unless we're... I, I don't know, Carrie Mulligan forces me or something. Right, uh, I mean, if Carrie Mulligan forced you, I think yeah, you would say yes. You know, Carrie Mulligan does not remember being in this movie. She, <laughs> <laughs> she has more important things to do. Uh, yeah. No, but watching it this time, I was like, it's not as like, I remember, or I feel like the vibe around the movie is that it's this very, like, stylized, very, like, neon, very beautiful movie, but it's, like, it's well shot, it looks really nice, but it's not as, like, glowing as, like, Only God Forgives is, uh, and I thought it would be more like that, <laughs> and I do not remember why. Totally, totally. Yeah. I, um, yeah, when I was watching the movie today, I, like... I was watching it with my boyfriend, and I was like, I remember there being, like, neon in this movie, and yeah. there's no neon none. once in the entire movie. Absolutely I was like, none. is this, like, the Mandela effect? Like, I am I just, so. mi are we all misremembering this movie? Because I swear to God yeah. that there was neon in this movie, and there is none. The whole movie is, like, golden hour, like, yeah. natural lighting, or it's, like, fluorescent, like, parking garage lighting. Exactly. It's, it's very, like, Los angeles uh, and for just, I think that's like the marketing around it and the kind of energy around it makes it neon, but the movie itself, not neon. Not, not neon at all. I mean, yeah, outside of like the font for the movie being this like bright 80s style, like pink, 
and the soundtrack, which I mean, I'm sure we're gonna really. Get oh into yeah, we got a whole section a on the soundtrack. Yeah, I think outside of those two things, it really is like a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. I mean, like you said, shot well, shot mm-hmm. fine. You know, yeah. it's got solid cinematography, solid lighting, yeah. but it's not really as stylish as I remembered it. Exactly, it's weird, and it's, it's a so lot weird. slower than I remember it being. Totally, I yeah. like. And I like slow movies, but mm-hmm. I was, and it's only an hour and a half, I think, yeah. or an hour and 40, like pretty standard runtime. But I feel like at least, especially the first half, I was like, oh my God, like. It takes, yeah, whenever, so it has this incredible, like, I think the opening scene is very good. The opening heist is so, yeah, so like fun. tense or very, it's so, when he switches to the basketball game and pulls into the parking garage, oh, what a great getaway. And then it just it loses all momentum after that. <laughs> totally. Everything that it built up is just kind of just, like it has that opening montage, one of two montages in this movie, uh, set to Night Call, uh, <laughs> and that's fine. That's a good montage. And then after that, it's just like, nothing happens. Totally. I mean, I think for me, I remembered that there was like a storyline with him and Carrie Mulligan, but it mm-hmm. really is the whole fucking movie yeah like the whole movie is literally about how he like loves this girl who like it's like it for me and like you know we'll get into like what makes this movie straight in a little bit but like Mm -hmm. for me it's like so bizarre because it's like they don't talk like at all in this movie it's all very like making eyes at each other kind of like old almost like hollywood eyes kind of like old school romance and we're just supposed to kind of like accept that they're like in love and there's like, in my opinion, no chemistry between None. Ryan Gosling and Carrie Mulligan in this movie. Well, I think Ryan Gosling is actively bad in this movie. Um, yeah. And then and, Carrie and, Mulligan is given so little to do. Oh, totally. She's literally a damsel in distress. And yes. like, I get it because I think that's what the movie's like going for. Yeah. I've read like that. It's kind of like his take on like a modern day fairy tale. So of course there's like these like archetypes or whatever. Ugh. You know, he's like the hero, the stoic silent hero which I think is why a lot of straight bros like that movie or like mm-hmm. this movie because, you know, we love a, a strong, silent man. He's just trying to But not only thing. the strong, silent man, he wants to be this guy's new daddy. He wants to be oh my standard God. son, new dad. I know. I literally wrote in my notes when I watched the movie earlier, replacement daddy. Oh, yeah. I put, yeah, one of the things I put is like, there's the real daddy and then the surrogate daddy. And it's just like, it's all just so like, all stuff that I personally just can't relate to as a viewer. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Like, he, like, like, Carrie Mulligan's got this, like, haircut. It's, <laughs> you know? And he's like... Her haircut. Yeah, she's she's the one for me. <laughs> um, I You know? And he <laughs> pursues her, and it's all very, like, wooden and weird and silent. Very silent. Yeah. Um, Somebody talk. And then... Yeah, and then they just, like, yeah, then, we're, then he's just kind of, like, there, and they're, like, vibing. Like, that, that, this is literally yeah. everyone. This is the first half of the movie. The whole yeah. first half of this movie is literally him vibing with Carrie Mulligan. The first half of the like, movie is that scene in Besson's show where Jennifer Coolidge is talking about her old husband and is, like... Uh, we both have so much in common. We both love soup, and uh, we love the outdoors. Uh, we love snow peas, and... Uh, Talking and not talking. Uh, 
We could not talk or talk forever. That is literally their romance. It's literally like, I mean, maybe I'm just missing something here. Like, you know, that's maybe like what, that's romance. Maybe I just don't understand yeah, romance. That's, romance. That's, that's definitely the romance that this, this film is selling. Um, it, it's weird because it's like, they're both so quiet and weird. And then you have Brian Cranston, who I guess is supposed to be like the comic relief of this movie, maybe. But he's guess, like, he yeah. just feels like he's in a completely different movie to me. Like he's good, he, but he's he's good feels... in it. He's yeah, he's like a he's like a fool, like a loser, yeah. like this like total like idiot scumbag. Yeah. I I think that Brian Cranston's yeah. I mean, again, it's like the, it's those archetypes. I guess it's like he's the fool, and Ryan Gosling's like the hero, and Gary mm. Mulligan's like this like damsel in distress, and then like Albert Brooks is like. Bowser, I don't fucking yeah. know. He's just like <laughs> insanely, like just like, I'm like let's just okay. We're just gonna jump into like the whole like the okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> like I don't know what happened. The movie was just kind of vibing. Yes, my eyes were glazing over. I, maybe yeah. I stopped paying Same. attention a little bit. Okay, yeah. but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like Oscar Isaac's like beat up. I guess that's yeah. when it all starts. He gets beat yeah. up because like background like he's like carrie mulligan's like husband baby daddy question mark yeah and he's just gotten out of prison mm-hmm. and he gets beat up because he apparently owes the mafia money for protection in prison question mark? girl i have i don't understand my first note in the plot is i don't understand crime or money or cars <laughs> yeah and that's literally the, the whole movie. movie it's literally crime money and cars the movie <laughs> um and he like yeah he like I guess owes them money. Ryan Gosling is like, I'll help you because he, he's like so in love with Carrie Mulligan. He's such a good, good guy, you know? Yeah. He's willing to put himself in danger. Um, and then I guess it goes wrong. And yes. they were double crossed. And it turns yes. out that like this, these people that he owes money to were actually the people that he was going to work for on like a race car trip. <laughs> Girl, I have I was fully lost as soon as like Christina Hendricks started to explain what the plot was, whatever, and I was like, "Girl, I don't know." And then her fucking head, she gets shot in the head point blank and just fully scanners like, "Oh my god, Gallagher head explodes." I think for me, that's what's the most shocking thing about the movie. Now, of course, we all like know that Drive, you know, ends up being very graphically violent. I think that's like one of its things that people were talking about when it came out. Mm -hmm. I had kind of forgotten, though, how violent it actually is. It's so violent. It's not like Only God Forgives bad, but it's pretty bad. Um, It's like, yeah, when Christina Hendricks gets her brains blown out, it's like so unnecessarily insane. It's like, what? (laughs) <laughs> like why or or how about the elevator scene i think the elevator oh scene's probably the most like important yeah. part of the movie because yep. it's kind of That's like the, the whole... type into youtube drive and it auto populates to elevator scene yeah yeah exactly it's like the cru- yeah. it's like the heart of the movie i guess it's yeah. like he kisses carrie mulligan in this elevator yeah. after she's like slapped him for like you know killing her baby daddy and like ruining her life essentially <sighs> and he kisses her and then he just fucking Fucks this dude up. Like, yeah, fucks just... him up. Like, unnecessarily just, like, stomps the shit out of this dude's head. <sighs> that was, I guess, trying to kill them. Yeah. And and then she, like, steps out of the elevator, and then in the scene. Yep. And it's just like... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the movie. That, that's the entire movie. The movie is, like, this romance that really doesn't ring true to me at all. Nope. Uh, and then... Like, dudes just getting their, like, heads stomped in. And then Albert Brooks fucking stabs a guy in the eye with a fork and then in the neck with scissors. And I was like, did I miss a scene that explains why he did this? 
And and also, I, I just want to mention this really quick. I I don't. Did you watch this on IMDb TV through Amazon Prime? Yes. Okay. So whoever is in charge of the commercials in this needs to go to prison. Oh no! It, you're so right. They literally would like interrupt like a scene. Like literally, one of them was like Oscar Isaac in the middle of saying a word, and it just like interrupted and went straight into, of course, a car commercial, which was confusing yeah. for me as a viewer because I'm like, is this the movie? Um, <laughs> is it postmodern now? What is happening? But I don't know if this was just happening to me, but the movie kept like rewinding to older scenes. Yes, it did. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm not the especially only one. The guy, the part of the, like, whenever the driver is at the diner and the guy's like, hey, I got a job for you. He's like, I'll punch your teeth out. And it's like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Uh, that played, like, twice for me. And I was like, oh, please don't make me watch this again. Dylan, that's exactly what happened to me, too. And it's so funny because when that scene happened the first time, I was like, this scene it felt so out of nowhere. Yeah. I was like, what? Ryan Gosling, <laughs> like, this just, like, puppy dog dude who says nothing throughout this whole movie is like, I'm going to fucking kick your teeth in i'm like what yeah, okay <laughs> like i just feel yeah. like but i feel like any like straight dude i guess would like watch this that scene or in this movie and be like yeah totally yeah. you know what i mean like that's the thing yeah. that like i like i can't put my finger on i'm like this works for most other people but it just it feels so false and weird and well, it's like all fantasy me. in like the worst way where it's like oh yeah like you're a quiet dude but actually you're also hot uh, you're, you're a guy that works on cars and in the movies, and you get the girls, and you're a good dad, and you're a good shot. But also, if need be, you'll fucking protect your family. And right, because, like, exactly, Dylan, because I was thinking about it, and it's like, there is not one flaw, I guess, that this character really has in the film. Mm. He's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And he's basically just reacting to what the world's throwing at him. Like, this, like, seedy underbelly. Like, these, like, fucked up mafia people are, like, you know, he's just trying to do his best, you know? And it's yeah, just, like, just wants- like, the whole plot of him, like, you know, wanting to not even keep the money after the, like, heist gone wrong or whatever. Just fucking keep it's the just money. So just keep like- it. <laughs> yeah, like, keep the fucking money. Like, what the Who fuck cares? is wrong with you? Whatever. Just do it. Just put it in your <laughs> bank. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It's Money's just so, not real anyway. Put it in yeah, it's so weird. It just and I guess that's why a lot of people like the movie. I guess because like we said earlier, I remember the movie being really stylish, mm-hmm. but I don't really feel like it was really that stylish. And, and, and not. you know, I was thinking about it, and it's like maybe what it is is that this movie's kind of like the proto A twenty four movie. It's like the yep. blueprint for A twenty four movies, like these kinds of like sleek perfume commercial style movies <laughs> that are like genre films. But, like, they're, like, art house, and they're, like, it's still serious cinema. But, like, Robert Yeah, and this is, like, right around the time that I feel like, uh, I feel like, like, this is totally unrelated, but, like, The Room, I'm really popping off of people, like, so bad it's good and, like, appreciating, like, trash. And then I think this is kind of an inversion of that where it's, like, this is high art, but done for things that are low art, like a crime movie and a car movie. That's all, like, trash, low art, but we're going to make it high art. Totally, Dylan. And I think that's exactly the kind of, like, landscape we're currently in right now when it comes to, like, filmmaking, especially filmmaking marketed towards millennials. I I consider Drive to be, like, the first film that, like, maybe they didn't on purposely do this, and and maybe people like A24 kind of caught on that, like, younger people were, like, into Drive, so they should Mm -hmm. produce a bunch of movies that are, like, Drive. But, like, I feel like this movie came out, it, like, did pretty well like critically people loved yeah. it it got like a standing ovation at can which mm-hmm. i think is crazy Insane. um <laughs> and it, like critics loved it it did okay at the box office not great but like good enough for like an yeah. indie art house film yeah. and it, it ended up being kind of like this 
Yeah, like I said, cultural phenomenon for young people. Like, I feel like I was 20 when this came out, and I feel yep. like every single one of my friends, whether they were into movies or not, saw. Everyone knew it. one person who had that jacket. The scorpion oh, yeah. jacket is was such a, like, cultural touchstone in the early 2000s. Like, every party you'd go to, there'd be one person that had the jacket, and that was the coolest person. Totally. Like, that mm-hmm. whole, like, biker aesthetic. Yep. I mean, it's like, I mean, 2011 is the year, like, the weekend's music came out. Like, his mm-hmm. first mixtapes. And there's this whole kind of, like seedy underbelly bad boy kind of like david lynch inspired kind of thing going on in the media (laughs) that i feel like lasted for like a lot of the 2010s Mm -hmm. um and like i said like i feel like drive was kind of like a game changer um oh yeah and and i think and i think that's what's interesting about it is it's like i think when it came out it was stylish but now it's like we've seen this kind of movie so many times now that now in retrospect i don't know yeah I mean, especially like if you look at, I think like it's closest modern, or modern, it's 10 years, but it's closest kind of analog is Baby Driver, which right. is very stylish and very almost cartoonish. Uh, also, don't like it. Uh, also, don't love Baby Driver either. Um, yeah. Although I do think I know some gays that like Baby Driver, and I think it's just because Shuck. they edited action sequences to music, um, mm-hmm. and I, we, just, we, love a good, we love a good musical number. Well, speaking um, of musical, this movie, I think, is known, if if not more for its movies, but it's known for its music. It has a very influential score and very influential use of chromatics music. Yeah, Johnny Jewel is originally supposed to do the music, and then at the last minute, they brought in Cliff Martinez, who did, he, he's like a close Soderbergh guy, and he did one of my favorite scores, the Spring Breaker score. Yes, um, mama. And this music is the score is very good but the actual use of like the needle drops in it you have night call which is an iconic song uh which i didn't realize but was in the lincoln lawyer first remember that matthew mcconaughey movie the lincoln lawyer <laughs> oh my god yeah they wait, used yeah, you, it in I, the lincoln lawyer wait, what and so no, yeah no, no, they did not they did not, and it came out not two night call by kavinsky night call by kavinsky baby uh <laughs> and so brian both of brian cranston's 2011 movies have night call in them <laughs> That's insane. Uh, insane. What a time. <laughs> I think the biggest meme of it is the, uh, the the use of real human being, or a real hero by college, but everyone knows real human being, a real hero. Right. I mean, Which, yeah. And, I, you know, we were mentioning earlier Reddit, but also, like, Tumblr was really big around this time. Oh, yes. Maybe also one of the other reasons why we remember it being a neon-drenched, like, mm-hmm. Because everything in 2012 and <laughs> Tumblr was neon blue. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, I remember Drive being this, like, Lana Del Rey music video, yep. essentially, but it wasn't. It. Well, it's, it's like, like, that's also, it's like a big influence. Have you ever played that video game, Hotline Miami? So, I've never played it, but I have watched people play it. And yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I feel like that, that, that video game came out, like, right around this time, right? Yeah, I think it came out probably, like, less, less than or probably a year after Drive. And I feel like that's, that might be what we're thinking of when we think of, like, violence plus 80s music plus neon. Because that movie is very neon. Or that video game is very neon, very pink, very blue. Uh, and straight people fucking love when there's people that wear masks, but the masks are animal heads. Love that oh shit. Oh, God, you're so right. Especially if they're wearing, like, a suit, too. Uh, a suit with, like, a dog head or a cat head. Uh, they <laughs> love that shit. Love it. Oh my god! Like I was like trying to think of like a movie that I like where that happens, and the first thing I thought of was The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gay blowjob scene in The Shining. Well, because you also have like, um, <clears throat> what else was there? There was uh, Your Next. Is that what it's called? That horror movie that yes. has the fox masks in it. Oh wow! I watched that movie, but I literally can't remember. Cannot watch. I remember a single it. frame of that movie. 
and then also, I mean, they're not animal masks, but you and I's favorite movie ever, The Strangers, uh, uses True. masks so well. Yeah, it does like, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen this film, but it's like, they're like kind of like 1920s looking. Yeah, like, like baby dolls. Masks, right? Yeah. People, people love animal masks. Gay people love masks. Yeah, like we like eyes wide shut, like mm-hmm. masquerade masks. Scream. We like, we like a masquerade. We like a ball. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's. <laughs> okay. Straight people want them to be animals, question mark? Yeah, I don't know what that means about you, straight people. Uh, please sound off in the comments. <laughs> Tweet yeah, at us if you I, can understand. I don't get it either. And there's so many like music videos that exist in this world mm-hmm. of like people wearing animal masks. Yeah, so many. I, I feel like, what's that Head in the Heart album cover where they both are wearing like the rabbit masks? It's around this time. Yep, Ugh. yep. Yeah, I mean, and I think that like, the height of, like, and I mean, again, I guess the Drive's not really that related to it because he's wearing, like, a weird, like, blobby, bald man mask. But this definitely is an era of masks. Like, late yeah. 2000s, early 2010s, like, girl, like, when it came to, like, that kind of quirky, indie, twee thing, it's like, you're wearing, like, a fucking, like, suit. Yeah, like you said, a suit with some suspenders, maybe, and a fucking, oh, like, God. rabbit mask. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. And then, like, posing for, like, I don't know, like, an Oakerville River album cover. I don't But know. not, but you're very straight stand-up, very, like, a statue. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> anyway. in front of the woods, and, like, the girl is wearing, she's wearing a, a fox mask and has a parasol. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. And maybe, so maybe Drive actually, like, breaks that. Maybe Drive ushers in, like, the era of, like, Darkness that yeah. like the the late two thousands were like all like cutesy and shit. Yeah. It was like Juno and shit like that. And yeah. then it's like Drive was like actually we're bringing violence back into style. Remember violence? Remember her sweeties? It's here. Yeah, because I think that like people were pretty like shocked by the violence of the movie when it came out. Because um, I mean it's so funny because I remember like when it came out, people were like it's pretty violent, and I mean yeah. it is pretty violent. But I feel like. I don't know. I watched like the house that Jack built last night, so oh, maybe girl. I just like have no feelings <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, I thought that drives violence was like you know it was gratuitous, but it was fine. Well, I think it's I like know. it's this is around the end of Saw of like the reign of Saw and the reign of torture porn movies, which are these these things that are very in reaction to uh, post nine eleven. You can you can write a, there's probably essays out there about the connection between like. Abu Ghraib and the Saw movies and kind of our U.S. foreign policy on torture kind of reflecting each other. And I think, because then, so this is 2000, so that's the Bush years, and then Obama in 08, and then a couple years, and we're like, okay, we're not that anymore. America is not violent. We're chill. No more violence. We're going to be happy-go-lucky vibes. And then Drive comes back and is like, guess what? You got scissors in your throat from Nemo's dad. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, you're 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 totally right. Because I do feel like a lot of like horror in the late or in the uh, just two thousands in general was like all very very violent. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe what it is that violence became a very like niche like B movie thing. Yeah, like, people that were that like art house films at the time were like, you can count on me. And, yeah, like, <laughs> half Nelson also starring Ryan Gosling. It was all yeah. very like like, thinking movies, like, with, like, shaky handheld cameras about, like, characters, you know, like, living in the inner city and, like, yeah. you know, things like that. Like, like, like art house films were all very, like, realistic, I guess I would yeah. say, around that time. And then I think Drive kind of, like, was kind of started this, yeah, this kind of era that we're still in of, like, mm-hmm. art house movies that are genre movies. Like, art house films that can be horror or be action or crime or sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. And that these can be, like, films that 
like we aesthetically like aesthetically pleasing and are, are, are thinking man's movies and things like that I think drive yeah. and I think that and I think like if we're gonna go into like why straight people like this movie I think that with drive specifically it's not that all straight people like drive because I mean if you look at its cinema score it's a C minus yeah like a lot of people don't like drive yeah but a very specific kind of straight person loves yes. drive and I think it's because it's like a validation to be able to watch like you said a movie with cars mm-hmm. and fucking crime and 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 there's some bo- there's boobs in the movie too oh, there are boobs the, the, the best part i love it like, yeah yeah that's that's them. one of the best scenes in the movie oh yeah you know <laughs> and it's a movie that like typically would just be like a fast and the furious type thing right mm-hmm. um but like make it art house make it smart make yeah. it aesthetic make it cool and um, i think now what we're seeing is instead of movies reacting to lowbrow things i think reactions are reacting to lowbrow things now where it's like instead of drive would have to come in and be like okay so you know those car movies they're shitty i'm gonna make it good i think now like the cultural and critical love of the fast and furious movies is something that would not happen 15 years ago like in 2010 if you liked the fast and furious movies you were you know you were a writer for your local newspaper or you were a local like film critics did not love those movies but then totally it was like okay well let's Let's look at the it's the it's optimism basically optimism in the early two thousands of like we're gonna look at this Justin Timberlake album like the same way we look at a Modest Mouse album, I think that finally translated to film, around this time. I totally agree with you, and I think Drive was kind of part of that movement mm-hmm. for sure because, like you said, it took movies like Drive that took the genre of like you said like a B movie with cars and shit like that and made it cool and, 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 and high art or whatever. But now we're, we've gotten so far on this path that we're now like, actually, I don't even need to watch fucking drive. I'll just watch the fast and the furious because mm-hmm. that movie rules, you know, yeah, exactly. like I don't need like something to be like an art house, European esque indie film. Now, like I can just appreciate mainstream film, mainstream mm-hmm. music, you know, and, I, and, and it, drive is part of a, a larger movement in the 2010s. of just kind of like, we're done with this like line between the underground and the mainstream. Like mm-hmm. we can make media or whatever, fucking music, movies, whatever, and we can just mix it all together. I mean, one yeah. of our favorite movies is Spring Breakers. And oh, I feel yeah. like Spring Breakers really is a part of that movement. Oh, like yeah. you can make a fucking movie that's admittedly really stupid. It's like literally just there to be cool and vibe and have fun. Yeah. But it like it's also still titillating. And it's, it's like so titillating. You know I what I mean? Yeah. I, I fucking love Spring Breakers so much. Yeah. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite movies. I think uh, it's yeah. my, I want to say this right now, my favorite film of the 2010s. I, yeah, I actually would agree with me, you agree with you, that was just sidebar in Spring Breakers, I was at the South By premiere of it, and when I tell you I've never been in a room that hot before, of just like, people losing their minds. Especially oh at the Britney Spears scene. Like, that was one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite just memories, g- general, of like people laughing and laughing less and then just getting horrified. It's such a, it's a beautiful movie that is it incredibly is. problematic and has aged very interestingly. But I it's think it's aged so weird, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's right for a, a. It's, I mean, that's why I love it so much because I feel like it is this perfect encapsulation, encapsulation of America. It's very smart, but it's very stupid. It's kind of racist. It is beautiful to look at, but also like the imagery that's in it is so classically ugly. It's every, it's everything that it, it's the American dream, but America is a nightmare, and that's what it is. 
Right. And I think it's especially important too. And I think like I, I would lump Drive and like Spring Breakers into the same category because these are the films that came out in the early 2010s. And we were in our early 20s yeah. uh, when these movies came out. And for me, Spring Breakers, like when I saw it was like, yeah, it was like it was like crude in how much it like exploited like the culture at the time, like mm-hmm. fetishized it. But now it's even weirder to watch it like 10 years later because I'm like, oh, my God, remember like creation remember like <laughs> this kind of like white girl like gangster thing that was really mm-hmm. in that like you said is problematic now yeah and it completely encapsulates that whole era it's actually like kind of weirdly the last movie of the way the world once was before yeah. we became more socially aware mm-hmm. um it, it's like it's like the final it's like the bookend it's yep. like this is the this movie could not could not be made today absolutely absolutely None of the people in it, yeah, ever, no one's allowed to make movies anymore. It is fantastic. Please rewatch it. Um, yeah, everyone rewatch it. It is like, it is so weird how, it, even if you hated it, I just recommend rewatching it because yeah. it's so weird how it aged. It like feels like a time capsule. Yeah, a very, very specific time capsule. Um, speaking of time capsules, actually, I have no idea. I'm bad at transitions. Uh, but <laughs> I, I feel like let's go, let's go straight into why do straight people like this? Yeah, because for me, I thought it was the style of the movie, which I guess maybe is part of it. I mean, straight guys like sleek things, I've noticed. They love, like, James Bond movies, yeah. you know? Because I, I kind of got, like, some Skyfall. You know, I was, like, seeing some of that kind of thing Oh, Skyfall on, is know? definitely on our list. We are doing a Skyfall episode. <laughs> With Drive, I think that it's about the main character. That's my theory. Mm. I think he kind of encapsulates yeah. everything. That like a straight yep. guy wants to be. Yeah, it, he's strong, stoic, a loving father, and uh, hot. It's hot. It's, it's when you want to be a straight person. That's and who he's you got be. great style. There's great style. Like looks cool. Those those knuckleless gloves. Oh my god, I baby. love those gloves. And of course the jacket. The and then. He's like, yeah, like, he's like a good father figure. He like, and also I think it's kind of like, I mean, I love Carrie Mulligan and she's very beautiful, but she's not beautiful in this movie. They made her look like totally plain They made her look like a a Denny's waitress named Irene. Totally. And it's like, he falls in love with her and he like see, you know, again, it's all this weird kind of like, he sees her for who she really is and he's going to do good by her. She's like a single mom struggling in this world and he's going to take care of her. And I just feel like, yeah, he's like got this very heroic vibe to him. And also he kicks fucking ass when he needs to, which is the mm-hmm. other important part here, which straight bros love. And then later in the movie, he does let Carrie Mulligan slap the shit out of him and he takes it because yeah. he knows that, you know, he did the, he didn't do necessarily yeah. the right thing. It, 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 I feel like for yeah. me, it all comes back down to him, which is so funny because for me as a viewer, I find his character and the whole aura around him to be the the worst part about the movie. He's he is. I mean, it's a very like dog whistly word, but like he is a male Mary Sue. He is exactly who the audience wants to be. He's not a real person. He's who you want the audience exactly. To be. He's who you want to be in the audience. I mean, and that's. He's so boring, but he can. He is the figure onto which you put your mask on. Right. He's like a vessel. He's a portal for these like straight dude yeah. viewers who. He is the scan to unlock a fun experience <laughs> Chromatica portal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, he's Chromatica Oreo for straight people. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's. We've unlocked it. We've unlocked it. 
We've unlocked um, it. That's actually, yeah, you said at the beginning, at the beginning, we're going to figure it out. And that's what it is. Drive is the Chromatica Oreo for Straco. But yeah, I think that for me, like what's interesting about Drive 2 is it's like, I think that a lot of straight guys love this movie too because it was a gateway movie for them. Like the yes. same way that like oh, Donnie yeah. Darko was a gateway movie for me and a lot mm-hmm. of people in my age group. I think that Drive yep. ended up being a big gateway film, like capital F film. Um, for yeah. a lot of, like, younger straight dudes, you know, they, like, watch Drive, and then they're like, oh, I'm going to watch, like, fucking, like, Old Boy now. And, like, you know, then they get into, like, yep. yeah, got fucking <laughs> crazy Korean movies, and they're, like, then then they transformed into a film bro. It's like they watched Inception, where, yeah. like, oh, movies are cool. And then someone was like, oh, you thought Inception was cool? Watch fucking Drive. That movie's fucking vibey. Mm-hmm. Then they probably actually hated it when they watched it, but then they felt like they had to like it because it's, like... Well, yeah, they had to like it because it, it was cool. The, the people that I told you liked it. And then yeah. now, like, it's become kind of like the foundation for for the way they, they, they view all movies. So, well, then it's like you go and you like, well, I didn't like this, but then you read critics and it's like, oh, critics liked it. And then, well, it's like, well, if the critic critics are right, then I have to be right. And that's that's the pleasure of watching movies and reading criticism is knowing that sometimes critics are wrong. And that's okay. Totally. And, like, I hate, like, to... I feel like we've spent so much of this episode, like, shitting on Drive. (laughs) Um, But truly, (laughs) it just, like, for me... Yeah, it's, like, a very important film, like, we've been talking about. Because I think it's kind of part of, like, a movement Mm -hmm. that's been going on now for the last ten years. But as a standalone movie, like, re-watching it, I, I think I probably like it less now than I did then. And I didn't really even like it then. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean... We, I, I feel like here, like we'd love, we want to stress the importance of gateway movies because you know whenever everyone needs a gateway movie, not everyone you know has is born with a film knowledge and like has you know parents that introduce them to Fellini when they're eight right. years old or whatever. Like everyone has to have a gateway movie, and this is a gateway movie for a lot of people. And it's a thing where it's like I feel like in the early two thousands, like at least for me, like my gateway musician was Modest mm-hmm. Mouse, and like now it's like oh. Like, I can listen to maybe half a Modest Mouse album, but, like, I can't do the rest of it. Like, it's so sour to my brain. But, like, that was the band that I was like, oh, if you like Modest Mouse, then you'll like this. And, like, that was the beginning of my journey. And so it, the beginning may suck, but at least we got where we are now. And so if, if you like Drive still, I don't know why. Uh, but if you ever liked it and you went on to bigger and better things, great. Yeah. And it- and Fantastic. you can be like me as someone whose gateway movie was Donnie Darko, and I will stand by that movie till the day I die, even though everyone is like, you're <laughs> stupid <laughs> for loving me. That's also on the list. I can't wait. It's going to be uh, so cha- a very episode. chaotic episode when we do that one. Um <laughs> Because it's just going to be you roasting me for for an hour, and it's going to be asking me you, Duncan, and just being like, "Yeah, true, you're right. You're completely and totally right." Yeah, I think that drive is just like a very specific. It's a very it's a very interesting first choice for us because. It's not like fucking like Saving Private Ryan or something like that. Like the ultimate, like yeah. that's like the ultimate, like fucking like straight yep. dad movie. Or like Shawshank. Right. It's not Shawshank. It's like yeah. it is yeah. an art house film. It is weird. It doesn't have a lot of dialogue. It's got a very weird pace. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's a good starting off point because it is there. The the young straight people love it. Mm-hmm. Old straight people. Love it. Like, if you grew up in, like, if your favorite movies were, like, in the 70s and stuff, like, if you like those, like, really like those violent, like, 70s, like, oh, what's that movie I'm trying to think of? Like, uh, uh, Blacktop. What's that movie? Oh, two, wait. Two Lane Blacktop? Two, two Lane Blacktop. <laughs> yeah. 
It'd be like those sort of like classic, like, or even like Mad Max or something, like those classic car movies. Like, you can find something you like and drive. Right. I think it's a good starting off point. We are, in the future, definitely going to go into more. We got we got segments planned. We're going to do fantasy. We're going to do sci-fi. We got it all, baby. But drive, it's it's everything at once. It's it's the starter it movie. It is. It's a starter movie. Star- and also, what is a more straight genre than fucking crime? Crime is the straightest genre. I know. Whenever people say, like, be gay, do crime, it's like, ugh, No, just... Just be gay. Like, that's it. You don't have to do yeah, crime. Yeah. Like, it's fine. We're, like, not into crime. Like, I feel yeah. like... Like, I like some crime movies. Like, I'm not... Like, I, I know a good movie when I see one, right? Like, I know good yeah, films. Yeah, I like is Widows. Good. Well, well, Widows is different, though, because it's, like, the only crime movie that, like, is serious and stars women. It's, like, not... It's, like, a non-camp yes. crime movie yeah. about women. <laughs> Literally, I watched, I watched yeah, Widows with my stepdad and my mom, and the whole movie, my stepdad just kept being like, oh, Viola Davis, she's just so, like, she's not good-looking, is she? Like, he was so distracted... <laughs> By the fact that, like, none of the women in the movie were, like, hot to him, that he couldn't even concentrate on the plot. Elizabeth Debicki, step on me. I want Elizabeth Debicki to squish she me. She is like a, a crane of a woman. Shoes. <laughs> yeah, she is. And, it, I, you uh, know, so it's just, again, like, it's like Widows is like a, like, I, you loved Widows, right? I thought Widows was fine. Love Widows. But it's like, yeah. what, who, who's Widows made for? Because the genre Widow- is for straight people, but, like, I feel like most straight yeah. men, I mean, it bombed to the box office. Like, straight men were like, I don't want to watch yeah, a fucking heist movie with sad widows <laughs> they were like no ma'am i want to well, watch also- hot hot chicks kick ass you know yes. but yeah so drive um drive well you know is there anything gay about this movie? is there anything gay about is this movie the- um i have some stuff you, you, i have, you have, a, I have a couple okay, okay. of things that are gay what's gay so i think playing desire really loud at a birthday party or like a prison coming home party that's gay. that is very gay who put that on yeah who, who, play who a, brought their gay friend to the party spell yeah, it's like, y'all ever heard of Desire? I know you know Chromatics, but... Desire. Oh, y'all like Dream Pop? Oh, uh, girl. I know. When I was thinking, when I was writing this down, like, kind of, cause it's kind of in my notes, and like, it's a little, like, facetious, like, all the Chromatics and stuff, and then I look up, and I have a giant Chromatics poster in my house. <laughs> like, 24 by 36 poster that is in my living room that I see every waking. I'm looking at it and right now. And here's my question. Beautiful. Did you get into Chromatics because of the Drive soundtrack? I am f- completely divorced from the drive and chromatics thing. Like I was just like, this got best new music. That was in my. I was like, I will listen to anything that has best new music. So you, so uh, drive was not ins- in your like scope at the time, but like pitch for B and M. Yep. Okay, that makes yep. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Christina Hendricks playing a character named Blanche. Yeah, that's 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 very. Gay. And just her inclusion in the movie period is very gay to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her five minutes so gay. Her saying. 40 grand on a bed is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, the gayest part of this movie that I think is all of the disinterested strippers whenever <laughs> the, the driver goes to smash the hand and, uh, <laughs> uh, cook or whatever. And all of them, these like topless women sitting in front of their beauty mirrors, just like sitting there watching their boss get beat. Literally the fuck no reaction. Like they're like, yeah, this happens literally every day to us. Um, yeah, I love that yeah. scene. And it's actually for me, I think the like, it's like the handshake between gay people and straight people. Like the ones in the movie where it's like, yeah. we get disinterested strippers not caring about this guy getting his face smashed in, which is very gay, but but the straights get boots. Yes. So it's like, yeah, we, exactly. we both win this round. Every, we love, look, all strippers are cool. We love strippers. Yeah, we love strippers. We support strippers. Um. So yeah, I think yeah. for me, like I thought the movie was going to be more gay. I remembered 
neon lighting. I remembered. Yeah. Like, I mean, the soundtrack is definitely like a prominent factor of the movie, but like not really. Yeah. I actually think that it's like, I, I, yeah. I think I associate the soundtrack so much with the movie because people were just playing the soundtrack all of the time at, like when it came out the soundtrack is so like the actual like score score the cliff martinez score part of it is so like unsettling it's good and and, and, and you know he did the it's score to spring breakers yeah. too and it's very similar to the score to spring yeah, breakers too similar. it really i think kind of helps the both of the films when you're like need to feel a little anxious like you need to be like this is yeah. this isn't camp this is serious this is a serious scene yeah um <laughs> Yeah, the, the the soundtrack is amazing. I think that the soundtrack on its own is pretty gay, but not also mm. because I don't know. I feel like a lot of a lot of my straight guy friends like love that soundtrack and oh, got yeah. them into like more synthy dream poppy music, which is canonically yeah. gay. All right, so we reached the end of the pod, and we wanted to uh, give you a suggestion of a gay movie that is sort of equal to Drive. You yeah. Know, like if you're watching Drive, and you're like, this is too straight for me. I can't take it. I need something a little queenier. We got you, sis. We're here for you. We got you. So what's your what's your suggestion, Dylan? I mean, we talked about it earlier, but i got to bring it up again. Girl, it's Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. Spring Breakers. Of course. It is... You gotta do it. Why not? It's it's got everything that Drive has. It has crime. It has a Cliff Martinez score. It has violence perpetrated towards women, <laughs> but <laughs> and it also has boobs. It has boobs. Uh, has boobs. And but it, and it's a, it is it's a demented movie for the ladies by the late. Oh no, by Harmony Korine. Uh, if you didn't, if you assumed by their name, their gender, by the lady. Um, and it's just, and it has Britney Spears and violence, and it's just psychotic. It's Drive, but psychotic. I know. And that's what makes it gay. And I love it, too, because unlike Drive, like, Spring Breakers actually is neon-soaked. It's soaking yes, in neon. That opening scene where they're in the fucking, uh, the hall, the lecture hall, and all, they have all those MacBooks that are set to the same color of, like, blue and pink. I and know. It's, like it's all so bitch. particular. Harmony Corinne himself said in bitch. an interview that he wanted the movie to be, like, cotton candy. Like, like something that you could eat. Like, something you look at and you just yes. want to eat it. And it, it's totally like that. So, yeah, if you're, yes. if you're into, like, I mean, it's also a crime movie, too. It's got crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to get beat up by the painting of the cover of Teenage Dream by Katy Perry, then Spring Breakers is there for you, sis. <laughs> exactly. And I recommend it. I think it aged very interestingly. I think everyone should check it out or at least recheck yes. it out if you've already seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, well, I don't know if it's necessarily gay, but I definitely think that Only God Forgives is a, a, a good choice if you want to watch something like Dry, but it's on 10 Hits of Acid. Um, and it also has Kristen Scott Thomas saying the word douchebag. Um, yes. Also, the Neon Demon by him as well is like drives gay like brother. It's like the weirdest movie. It's about Elle Fanning as a model and essentially all these other models want to. Well, I don't want to give it away, but basically yeah. she gets really fucking weird and bloody and strange. <laughs> and it's got a banging techno soundtrack. So definitely check that out. Yes. But I think for me, like the main thing I wanted to recommend is uh one of my favorite directors is Wong Kar Wai. And I mean. in the 90s, he made uh, quite a few kind of like crime-adjacent movies um, that are like super arty, amazing cinematography, and it's got everything that Drive has. It's got bikes. It's got leather jackets. It's got toxic romance. But it's all through the lens of like gorgeous painterly cinematography. I mean, what else could a gay ask for, honestly? Look, 
There's nothing gayer than having your movie be on the Criterion Collection, and it's going to be in that box set. Yeah, in the box that's coming out soon, so of course we got to plug it. And yes. um, for me, it's like... We do have a donation link on our Yes, yes. Hi, Criterion. Hope you're listening. Thank and you. I think that, yeah, Wong Kar Wai, even though his movies aren't obviously gay, I feel like gays love his movies. And there's just something yes. about his approach to filmmaking that, like, resonates. So, yeah, if you want to watch a crime movie that's, like, that gays will enjoy, I definitely recommend Fallen Angels, Chunking Express. Um, those are both really great choices. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, his movies are like that SNL sketch that's the Wells for Boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for sensitive children to just wish into. Yeah. That's one of that, that, that totally is. Oh my God, and I love that sketch. That's one of my favorite SNL sketches of it's recent a, years. Julio Torres is a fucking genius, and every time I see a sketch of his, it makes me so mad. Yeah, no, because he's so funny, and he's so unique, and it's like everything yes. he does is so... like. It's like it's like people have very specific sense of humor, right? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But with him, it works yeah. every time. It works. Well, it's like whenever I watch it, like as a comedian, it's like I spent so much of like my career, like trying to get places, like by like not being my authentic self. And it's like he just did it. He just got an SNL, got to be like that. Right. That's what happens when you're as like kind of like he gives me, and it's it's a little self aware, so I don't know how much of it's like concocted or not. But he gives me kind of just like this energy of like delusion. Like I truly think that this character of Julio Torres is oh, yeah. who he is. Oh yeah. And not yeah, everyone like, including me, like definitely not blessed with that. Way too much going on up here. Way too much self-criticism. How do, you, how do you get to do it? How? God. How? But yeah, no, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> now here we are going on a tangent about Julio Torres. In case you didn't know we're gay. <laughs> Look, Hi. we're an hour into the podcast, girl. We're going to talk about Julio Torres. But yeah, I um. But yeah, I think that for me, like Drive, you know, it's it's a movie. Um, that it, it's a movie. It's a movie. We can't take that away. From and you know, I, I think I said earlier that like I said, crime movies are not a very gay genre. But I, I you know, Spring Breakers, these one car way movies, crime. There's widows. There, there's gay yeah, widow, <laughs> fucking widows, of course. Um, there's there's gay crime movies, you know. So like, yeah. you know, so gays don't, you know, don't be afraid. Jump right into it. Give it a you shot. Can do it. You got it, girl. There, there's, there's gay ones, for sure. There's... Man. Drive. I can't wait to never watch it again. <laughs> I'm very yeah, excited. it's truly, like... It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. If you like it, it's fine. Whatever it's fine. We're, like... Any, and here's the thing. I just want to, like, make sure that everyone knows that, like, any... If any of you are listening to this podcast and you, like, really love Drive and you're like, God, these, like, fucking assholes like with their opinions about drive don't worry we're just having fun don't worry about it. you can yeah, love drive it's okay there are lots of movies that are not good that i like okay yeah exactly some of my favorite movies of all time are shitty look my only blu-rays that i own my only non-criterion blu-rays i own are spring breakers which is great 50 shades of gray and cats yep there you go and honestly it, the difference between like the thing is is it's like if you want to argue with us on why Drive is a great movie or like it, or, or I guess, I mean, you, you know, actually, I would love it if you actually argued why it's more gay. That would be like, yes, that's what I want. Please. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, for me, I'll respect anybody that backs up their opinion. Like, I will argue with a straight boy at a party about Showgirls being a masterpiece for an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. I will, um, friend of the pod, Jake, he, uh, me and him got into a fight at a Mexican restaurant once whenever I said that I don't like any of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Ooh. And that is, oh, wow. <laughs> I think you might've just lost all of our listeners that were straight with that one. <laughs> Could you imagine being straight, listening to this podcast, being straight, not knowing us and listening to this podcast and getting an hour and 10 minutes into it and being like, 
I can take all the drive slander. I can take all these weird tangents about Servant that I probably will cut out. But you cannot talk about Christopher Nolan Batman. Don't you fucking... You can even talk shit about Inception, but not the Dark Knight. Not the, not dark, the dark Knight. Knight. No. It's a perfect metaphor for George W. Bush. Oh, my God. Damn, oh, we're God. really going to alienate everyone the now. Okay, Batman uh, is Batman and Robin. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, didn't you... Wait, wait so, wait. Who was your... Uh, you, you, you have, Dylan has a letterbox. I have a letterbox too. Um, and Dylan, you got a pretty interesting choice for your most most watched director of last year. <laughs> Do you want to share with everyone who it was? Yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> my most watched actor was Ryan Gosling. That's explained by a podcast that I did. Right. Uh, please go listen to it. Uh, most watched director was David Fincher. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> David Fincher. It's like I can explain myself. Okay, it's just um, like, but it, it's like we all know that David Fincher is probably the straightest director, the absolute like, straightest, number one. What? I think we all do. We even is this a, a a miss on my part? How many David Finchers do we have on the list? We are there uh, none? Wait, uh, uh, Dylan. Uh, uh, we got. We just have one. Which one? Okay, interesting. All right. Um, or I guess we don't want to give it away, but we don't want to give it away. It's one of them. But no, I watched. Um, because I watched Panic Room this year. I watched Zodiac. I watched... I think I watched Fight Club. Oh, God. And what else did I watch? You I just, watched a bunch. I might you, have watched Rewatch Gone you, Girl. You just, you just said, I'm, I just want to watch like a nice, cozy David Fincher movie. I'm just oh, like feeling... Cozy, that's, I know we have different opinions on Panic Room. Panic Room... <laughs> that movie is 88 minutes long. I know, and, you, and Dylan loves a short location, movie. And it stars two of our finest lesbians... The like, world-class award-winning lesbian actors. Look, look, we love the lesbians. It also features Jared Leto in Dreads. Um, Jared Leto in Dreads. To be fair, he does get shot in the head about 40 minutes. Spoiler alert. I mean, yeah. Spoiler, I, 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 yeah spoiler for a 20 I think you can definitely argue The Panic Room is his like, only gay movie, for sure. I mean, it's yeah, definitely, like, I don't think it was meant to be campy, but it ends up being campy. Yes. And I always appreciate that a lot. And, like, I love it. I just want a, just a short, a short just action. Not even action movie. Just, like, a short movie for adults. Right. I think I well, – the funny thing about you just saying this, I think I watched that movie when I was, like, 12 with my mom. I think, like, you're going to find that, like, a lot of being gay is, like, being 12 watching R-rated movies with your mom. Correct, yes. I mean, that's – my mom introduced me to Rocky Horror when I was, like, seven. Oh, and jealous. that's the – thing that made me gay also that we exclusively listened to Tori Amos my first like 10 years of growing up see it's so funny I got into Tori Amos really late but it felt like I had been listening to her the whole time (laughs) Tori Amos is always there waiting for you she is every gay so yeah any gays out there that have never listened to Tori Amos your time will come don't worry it'll happen to you there will be a time in your life where you put 1,000 oceans on in your phone, on your toilet, and take a shower and think about your life and where it's gone wrong. Oh, my God. Wow, what a deep cut. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Straight People Movies. I always think I'm saying it backwards. <laughs> straight Movies People. Straight no, that movies, sounds wrong to movies, people, straight. Movies. <laughs> movies, people. Movies, people, straight. Movies, people, straight. It's like Vogue. Movies, people, straight. How does RuPaul say it where it's like LaGuardia, Newark, Kennedy... Uh, Kennedy Davenport, right? Yes. Is yeah. it, is it Davenport her? the Queen? Yeah. Um, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can follow me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia. You can follow me on Instagram at Garcia and on Letterboxd at Dylan Garcia. I should 
make all those the same, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> and I'm uh, Kirk Van Sickle, and you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Uh, it's just my name without all the vowels in it, except I keep the E at the end just for aesthetic reasons. You'll you'll see it down. In, uh, e for aesthetic. Yeah. So yeah, check 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 out our check out our sites. Check out our our pictures. Check out our tweets. Maybe like yeah. a couple of them so it's not just my mom. Being the only one that likes my tweets, that would be cool. Oh, I like your tweets. Oh, thanks, right? Dylan. No, you do. You do. It's just my mom. I, I think my mom notices. Also, I am Kirk's mom. Uh, um, and if you want more of our writings, musings, and how we feel about movies in general, uh, check out movieclubatx.com. That is our landing page for our little movie club that we do with some uh, behind-the-scenes folks at uh, Straight People Movies. As well as Kirk and Jesse and Seth, Nia and Chris. Um, and you can find all the movies we've watched. It's a little club for movies. And then uh, we're going to be putting up some writing soon. And it'll also be the home for straight people movies. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we did it, Dylan. You did it. Episode one. Episode one finally finished. Nicholas Winding Reffin is going to be sending us a text. And it's like, drop your location. Drop a pen, girl. Oh, my God. He's going to be so mad because... Who is he talking? He, isn't he? Doesn't he do like a video? Wasn't there like a YouTube video where he's like talking to some famous director and he's like arguing that like Drive is a masterpiece? Anyway, oh yeah, he's gonna be mad. He, he yelled at my friend during a press conference once. So yeah, he seems like the type. Anyway, he's a nightmare. But we're not nightmares. We're <laughs> fun. We'll Yay. Next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. And out came talk. 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 talk.